and Amir did not take him to a drive-thru on the way to the airport so they can go to South America. They don't say where in South America. It's just South America. Um, we're not. And drive-thrus take like three minutes. We've wasted three minutes. We could have wasted three minutes getting my chicken nuggets. And I'm like, for a guy who has drastically increased the number of anti-witch hate crimes in his village alone and on his way to start a fucking war, he seems entirely unbothered. Fine. He doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. Alright. You ready for this? I'm Wait, very I'm, hyped. Oh god. It's like, on one hand, I'm so ready to be a hater right now. On the other hand, I'm like, god, will I ever be ready? For this. Well, let's start this new year right. What up, we're the librarians? What? I thought maybe we could have a. <laughs> I don't know. I wait, thought... wait, we have Discord. We have. We're doing this through Discord still because I still have COVID, and we're technically still not even the New Year's. But, but, but we. Can, I can do this. I can do this. Wait, what's up, the librarians? I hope that yes. comes through. Yes. <laughs> yes. Wait, can I, I do I've... sounds? Yeah. Okay, please stop. Anyway, we're the librarians. I'm Luca. I'm looking at the sounds that I can make. Oh, God. And I'm Anderson. God damn it. And today we're talking about The Witch King by H.G. Edgman, I believe. Edgman. All right. Let me, um, let me make sure about that. Um, but what are, let's, before we get into this, what are we drinking today? I'm still working on that coffee. (laughs) And I finished my cider from our first recording, so now I'm drinking a glass of water. Mmm. Hydrate or dehydrate, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to do the summary of this book, or should I? I think you would be better off doing the summary because you read it. Fra- you are more fresh with it. Um, and I read it a long time ago, and I was like, "This is the, the work I've ever read, and you need to read it now." <laughs> oh God! So this book is about Wyatt Croft a young trans boy who is 17 years old and he's just like all the other trans boys in the world except he's a witch and he also has a fiance at the ripe old age of 17 years old his fiance amir um is a fae who is like hey wyatt we gotta go get married and wyatt is like bruh nah and Amir is like, hmm, but that blood contract that we made when we were three years old. And I was like, what? And Wyatt is like, bro, you wouldn't. And Amir was like, try me, bitch. And so he drags Wyatt back along with Wyatt's best friend, Briar, kicking and screaming to their hometown, Honestly, which is a not super really. village. Not really kicking and screaming. Uh, Wyatt does not he's put like up that cr- much of a fight. He doesn't put up much of a fight, but he's like, I hate it. I hate yeah, it. Yeah, he I just whines the whole here. time. He whines the whole time. Um, and uh, they have to get married because Amir's mom... We're gonna spoil the fuck out of this book, and we're also gonna hate on it, so if you like this book, this is not the podcast for you. If you're the author, please don't fucking listen to this. 
yeah, if you like this book, leave leave now before anyway. As we've said before, um, you know what? Disclaimer time. Our views are subjective. Even though we are librarians and avid readers, our views are not the views of everyone. If you think this book is for you, go ahead and read it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um so we should put that at the beginning of every episode. We should put that at the beginning of every episode. Anyway, Amir is just like, yeah, my mom's dying, and then my dad, because they're fated mates, are he's probably gonna lose his fucking mind. So we have you to get. You can't just say that. Yes, like, I can. And I'm just gloss over it. You can't just say because they're fated mates. <laughs> yes, I can, because that's how this book treats it. It's it's kind of true. Um. Anyway, because they're fated mates, he's gonna lose his mind shortly after she dies or whatever. So like, I have to take over the throne, and my cousin Derek. Um, is vying for the throne because I'm adopted, and if we get married and have get kids, it'll fairy. show. Yeah, if we get married and have kids, then um, we it will prove that I'm serious about the throne or whatever, and why it's like mm, hate that shit. And Derek is like, "Hello, seventeen year old boy that I have weird sexual tension with," um, because I'm a predator. I think you should try to get everybody to hate you. So that way they don't want a mirror on the throne and then I can take the throne and, wa- and if you do that, I will let you have your life back. And why it's like, bet. And that's the plot of the book. Mm-hmm. Yep. And also, is there, I, I read this a while ago, so is there a discernible reason why um, Wyatt's friend has to come with them? There isn't. Okay. There is no reason. As, as far as I know, she just kind she of just kind of comes along, along for the ride. And Wyatt is like my best friend. We are telepathic, basically, but that's just because the whole time he's like assuming about. he knows what she's thinking all the time and always agrees with him, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. But she doesn't and has her own life because she is a person. Yeah. Um, it should also be noted that, like, these are not, like, normal fae. And if you can't, you can't see me because this is an audio media, but I'm, like, pushing my hair behind my ears, like, in the Debbie Ryan way. This is, these are not normal fae. They have, they're, like, weird and freaky, because, like, they have fangs and wings horns. and horns. And there's the whole faded mate situation that really came out of the left field for me and it really like mm-hmm. made me I remember you were like, okay, <laughs> I'm starting the Witch King. Like 15 minutes later, in all caps, they're faded mates? Question mark, question mark, question mark. So Luca had read this you've read this book a while yeah. ago. And you were like I listened this- to this book you on audiobook, by the way. Yeah. Oh, so wow. you know. You're God's strongest soldier. While I was, um, I, I associate this book with running in the winter <laughs> because I listened to this book while I would go on runs in the morning in the winter. And I, like, I vividly remember, like, turning a corner in a cul-de-sac while listening to, like, the part about the dragon licking the side of Wyatt's face and being like, isn't the dragon the size of a house? How did it, like, tenderly lick the side of his face? That's what I remember. Yeah. So, th- this is this is me playing catch-up with this book, so to get up to speed. You dislike this book. You hate this book. You were like, this is one of the worst books I've ever read. I wanted to like this book, but the best part about this book is the synopsis. 
Uh, yeah, this is very true. Um, and you approach me and you're like, we have to read this for the podcast and you're going to hate this book. And one of my good, good friends was just like about a book that I'm currently reading for the pod for our Valentine's mm-hmm. Day special. This is, that's a book series that sh- she enjoys. And I was complaining about it, completely forgetting that she enjoys this book. And she was like, Andy, I don't think you went into this with the most open mind. And so I was like, you know what? My friend is right. I went into that book with a closed mind. And I was like, I'm going to hate that book. So I'm going into The Witch King with the most open mind. My, I ha- It's wide open. I am vulnerable to oh. all types of psychic attacks right now. My third eye awake i am ready for this book and i made it, it but it was more like a um in reality it was more like you know how there's the trap in like an adventure movie where it's like a a spiked gate coming down like very slowly mm-hmm. that was your mind <laughs> no and then and then all of a sudden like this book tripped a trap that made it slam back down so i was like it was like faded mates boom so i was like i got this i'm gonna be so open-minded it's gonna be great it's gonna be awesome and so i got three pages in and i immediately closed my mind and i was like hate hatred in my heart i hate this book um i will say the author's note at the beginning is very heartfelt and very tender and i think that they came into this book with a lot of good ideas and a lot of Mm -hmm. great and a lot That's what I'm of- saying. The best part about this book is the synopsis because I read the synopsis and I was like, slay. trans guy, witches, fae, slay. Let's go. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the author had a lot of good intentions, had a lot of good ideas, and I think that there are aspects of the writing where I can see where a good book could have been made. Um, and then I watched the author make every bad decision ever. I hope to God. That the next book that this author is putting out, which is coming out very soon, and has a lot of hype behind of it. It already came behind out. It. it already came out? Well, at the time of this podcast. I believe it already came out. I hope to God it's a lot yeah. better than this one. Which has a sequel. Well, This book has a sequel. Yeah, it has a sequel out already. It has a sequel. Yeah. Which we'll probably come back to. Yeah, at some point. At some point. We'll have to. I feel like we have to, like, legally speaking. We're legally bound. Yeah, we're legally bound. So we start off the first chapter with a big info dump in which Mm -hmm. Wyatt explains all of the politics of this world. Also, these books, this book is also another one where it's like, we have fun chapter titles that tell you everything about the book. Uh, Everything about the chapter Mm -hmm. before the chapter starts. And I found that very irritating. Because there were some that were, like, a little too on the nose. Like, these were actual lines in the book, or they were, like, weird little things. I didn't care for this book. I did not care for this book. I felt that the relationship in this book was toxic as fuck. Yes. Um, Agreed. And High key. Wyatt spent the entire book being like, no, I don't want to do this. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. And then at the end, he was like, he pulls a hot, he pulls a hot dog girl at being like, actually, I've always been in love with them this entire time. And I was like, you've never, you never showed that to me ever, actually. Are are we going to call that pulling a hot dog girl? Yeah, I'm going to call that pulling a hot dog girl. It pulls a hot dog girl. Um, so 
It's very important to note that hold a pippy. You have a pippy long stock. Hold a pippy long stock. That shit. <laughs> All right. Anyway, this it's very important to note that Amir, which is spelled E M Y R, so I kept saying Emmer in my head. Until you said Amir, and I was like, mm-hmm. no, it, it is Amir. I know the right pronunciations because I listened to the yes, book. Yes, So Amir and Wyatt are faded mates. They found out that they were faded mates at the ripe old age of, like, toddlers? Three years old? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And their parents immediately put them under a blood contract to get married. And if they don't do it... Yeah, it wasn't even just an arranged marriage. It was also fated mates at yeah. the age of three. Yeah. It was like, you two, you're gonna fuck. And they were like, goo gaga. <laughs> baba? Like, baba? Yeah, it is, it's like... It's so weird. Yeah. It's so weird. So they, they made them do a blood contract in which one of... Either one of them can, like, call in the contract. And if they... they can you imagine making a blood contract between two fucking babies? <laughs> They can't even read. They can't even fucking read. read. So your name, the E is like backwards. (laughs) Well, obviously, well, Wyatt's parents were kind of like dickheads, so I don't. I'm not shocked or surprised. Um, But Amir's parents, I'm very concerned by. Like the, like that's weird. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah not, it's, it's a death pact. By basically, if they don't get married, the person who mm-hmm. is um, like being withheld from can mm-hmm. like can basically call in the contract and kill the other one at any time if they don't succeed. Um, and so Amir was just like, "Bro, if you don't do this, so yeah, if you don't do it." And the thing with this book that made me so upset is that. I don't think the contract ever got annulled. They just realized that they liked each other and they were like, it's fine, actually. They did get annulled, but because of, at the very end of the book, um, Amir dies and then gets brought back to life. And so because Amir died, that technically, like, annulled the contract. So they're not dealing with that. But did they annul it on purpose? No, they did not annul it on purpose. Okay, so that's still, my point still holds. Because, like... If they never annulled the point, the contract on purpose, that doesn't teach the lesson that blood contract bad. We are against blood contract. It's 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 teaching the lesson of if you wind up falling in love, blood contract okay actually. <laughs> anyway, uh, why and Amir are faded mates, and according to why, it's because that their biology means that they are like perfect for each other, like sexually and like. To create for procreation reasons, and I was like, "Oh, yeah." I'm just like, "This is disgusting, actually." And like, I get that the whole point is that later in the book, at the very end, why it's like maybe there's more to this faded mates shit than like I thought there was. And I'm like, "You could have just not had that at all. That could that could not have been in the book." Um. So I. Much like with our um, the key to me, the you and me episode, I have a bunch of quotes oh, that I've pulled okay. that are lovely. So this is the, the first um, chapter. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Amir draws. Our biology has decreed that you're the only tree I have to bark up. <laughs> <sighs> so, oh, I forgot to mention 
we forgot to mention, so witches and fae are biologically the same. So they come from a world parallel. Uh, they don't really describe it well. I can't tell if it's like a different planet, a parallel universe, a different plane, etc., etc. Called fairy, spelled F-A-E-R-Y. And that world, dead. That mm -hmm. world is inhabitable. We hate that shit. Um, so they all moved here and that there are five fairy kingdoms. One fairy kingdom for North America, one fairy kingdom for South America, one fairy kingdom for all of Eurasia, one fairy kingdom for all of Africa, and one fairy kingdom for Oceania. And Wyatt and Amira obviously from the North American one, because, you know, that's where our story takes place. And uh, witches are born to fairies. All of Eurasia, that's so they, insane to me. Yeah, yeah. One fairy kingdom for all of Eurasia. Yeah. And all of Africa. Yeah. I think the Eurasia one is more insane to me, just because, like, that is such a huge, huge land difference mass. in culture. Like, yeah. I mean, there's obviously a huge difference in culture in all of North America and all of South America and all of Oceania as well, and, and all, all of Africa Oceania. as well. But, like, it just feels a lot more insane when you think about... Yeah, it's crazy. Anyway, anyway, it's not like Hogwarts where, like, humans are in these things. It's just it's just the fairies. Anyway, witches are born to fae. And the witches, there's just, like... People fucking hate them because I also they add don't here have... that um, this whole book is like a loose allegory um, for uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. Yes and yes and no and yes and no and yes. <laughs> it's an allegory for a lot of things. At the time that this was published. That's what it would have been. I th yeah, I think you can definitely spin this to be an allegory for literally any type of minority group that is oppressed in some way. But I do but think that, that you can make a lot more. Point where they literally say "fey lives matter." Why yes. am I thinking yeah. that that happens? No. Okay. Yeah, okay. No, there, there are literally face supremacists. Um, okay. Yeah. Anyway, so they witches are born to fey, but they don't have horns and they don't have wings and they have different magic and they have only small fangs they have tiny little fangs they're like so they're like they can pass as human but they have bigger fangs than humans and they also don't have the pointy ears um so like they're different and oh fae can are three different types of healers there's th you can be sorry three different types of magic users you can be a healer if you're a fae so horns wings etc you could be a healer, which is what a mirror is. You can be a feeler, which is like an empath. Like a really deep empath. And then this is my favorite one because it was said with no context. And it was just like, you could, ha you could have this magic. You can be an influencer. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but which is... Which, so when you're born, that is it. You are born with your magic and that's it. Except unless, right. you're, unless you're a witch. Because then you can do all the magics. And at the very end of the book, it's revealed that, like... Isn't it kind of like Sorcerer versus Wizard in D&D, &D, where it's, like, in innate magic versus a learned magic? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, um, the Fae, it turns out that the Fae can only draw magic from, like, the world. 
So it has mm-hmm. to like already be existing, which is why they can't use healing magic to heal fairy in order to go back. And influencer magic obviously isn't like being really good at TikTok and like no, doing TikTok like you magical could, TikTok you dances. Can do that. It's more like you can in- influence the influence world around you and, and also people. You. So you could. It's also like encompasses like enchantment magic, um, illusion magic, uh, and evocation magic if you're doing D and D rules. Mm-hmm. I think feelers are like uh, a little bit of enchantment in terms of like being able to read emotions and divination, and then healers. I kind of are- like the idea that there are like influencer like, mages. Okay, there's yes, three. There's three groups of magic users, and two of them have magic, and the other one is really good at social media. Mm-hmm. Our, our social media objects are great. Anyway, but the witches—they're not bound by these, and the fays are can only use magic by the earth. But the witches are able to conduct magic through their emotions, so their magic is actually limitless, and that's why the Fae hate them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, here's another line from uh, chapter two. His wings twitch again, and this time the sharp tips of his horns tighten as I, I watch you're gonna bring that with up. morbid fascination. Now, my fr- a few of my friends brought up a good point, because I was like, Horns? His horns. So Amir on the cover has what looked appear to be like ram horns almost in terms of like structure. Aren't horns made of keratin though? Yes. Like that's like me saying like my fingernails tighten. tighten. So so I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? And like there are other um like it's not just like ram type horns like that people can have. Some people have like antlers, other people have like unicorn horns, some people have like more like fleshy bumps. Uh, it really depends on the person. He has ram but, horns, yeah. though. So I was like, the horns on his head? And one of my friends brought up a great point, which was that um, it could be the horns of his wings, like bat wings, because those can move and do tighten and, like, move around. Uh, and Amir does appear to have on the cover uh, on, like, little like tips on the top of his wings. So that could be it. But I am choosing to believe that it is the horns on his head. And I'm gonna say, if considering this character has, um, if we're going with this theory, two sets of horns, please tell us which horns are tightening. Yeah, yeah. You can also say the tips of his wings. That's fine. Or the horned tips of his wings, and I would have been like, I would still be like, how do I envision this happening? Eric, unbidden, my stomach lurches. The back of my neck heats. Of course I remember Derek Pierce. Derek Pierce is the name of a fairy, by the way, you guys. Derek Pierce. I can live with Wyatt. I can only imagine this author, like, looking through, like, like scrolling through, like, fairy names, and, like, they're all, like, um, like, Esmeralda, Tinkerbell, <laughs> Derek. We need to secure heirs for the throne. Once we do that, Derek's bid for king will crumble. The only thing people love more than underdogs and love stories are royal babies. This is the line from the book. <laughs> I was made deeply uncomfortable by this. You think in the next book they're going to do Empreg? I hope to God not. I feel like it's a strong possibility. I hope not. Do you feel like it's a strong possibility that no, that could happen, I given, mean, like, what we've already endured? <laughs> I I, please don't do this to me. I, I don't want to think about this. Okay. 
I don't want to think about this. Also, not gonna lie, spoilers for fantasy high sophomore, like, like freshman year and sophomore right, year. You keep saying this, and it's like, yeah, you're connecting two pieces of media. Like, what do you want me to say? Like, you can anyone can connect two pieces of media. Unfortunately, this is this this book is unfortunately very fa like like Adine Avernant coded in ways that I hate because I love Adine Avernant and I don't want this book. To be... You are connecting two pieces of media. That is what you were doing. Yes, and I'm right about it. I don't think that there's anything that's right or wrong about it. It's like I think I'm correct. I think I'm correct. You saw the two characters that have maybe similar similarities. Like I, I don't think that like you think you're onto something, and I'm. Just I'm onto like, something. I yeah, think that perhaps that. I think I think perhaps the author has was influenced. It's like it's like you said to me like. Broth is a could be a drink. Yeah, and broth and is it's a drink. Like, and I'm just like, yeah, it could be, I guess, if you heat like, but you could also heat it up, right. and it can also be in soup. Anyway, Briar's chapter two. Briar's parents homeschooled here, though their approach to learning is more about throwing their kids outside and letting them experience the world around them than it is curriculum based. Montessori. This is not the sleigh you think it is. Not even my brother could. My brother couldn't read for a very long time because he went to a Montessori preschool, but that boy could shine some fucking shoes, let me tell you. Is that what he learned in Montessori school? That's what all he did! That's all they did! He did! Because they were, they were never going to force him to do anything, so he was just like, I'm just going to play with the shoe shining kit that we have. And he would do that for hours. I mean, I think there's a right and a wrong way to do Montessori. I'm not going to get into my teaching background here. Um, and I do agree with the sentiment that choice is very important in a child's upbringing and, like, exploring and learning organically. And I do not think that the education system that we have right now is good by any means. I can go on about this for hours, and you know I have. Um, but... I know you have. I don't think that they should have let your brother play with a shoe shining kit all day, every day. I don't think... I think maybe they should have said, Hey, there's some other stuff. There's some other stuff you could do. <laughs> hey, child. Maybe... Maybe you could do something else. Chapter 3. Monsters... This is the title. Monsters aren't supposed to be beautiful. This is the chapter title. When I read that, I let out the deepest most exasperated, exhausted sigh from my little body, which had COVID, even though I didn't know I did. I was exhausted. I think this book gave me COVID. I think it did, because I was fine, and then I started reading this fucking book, and then I got ill. Also, a tangent. This, this reminds me of the fact that my high school English teacher hated Shrek. She hated Shrek. And I so when I went to that wedding in September. After nine, ogres are like onions. <laughs> <laughs> so my she hated that like Shrek kind of subverted your typical like fairy tale shit and showed that like, you know, it's like oh, she hates fun. She does hate fun. She did, actually. Um, but she was like, oh, like it made a mockery of knights. And how, like, you know, like, beautiful, like, people are ugly on the inside. It was, like, a whole tirade. I can't explain it very well. But, you know, knights. The Crusades. White men with swords. White Christian men with swords. Typically. Um, 
this was a Catholic school, remember? So she was like very. I just remember talking about. She was so traditionalist that she was like, I I cannot take a piece of media that is subverting the norms that we had in medieval romance. Yes. Like yes. The- yes. 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 <laughs> Yes, I was talking about this with my uh, my friends uh, at that wedding I went to. I was just like, do you guys remember that? Why she fucking hated Shrek? That shit was weird. <laughs> he was like, this isn't what Chaucer intended. Literally, literally. In fact, it is, actually. But my girl hasn't even read Chaucer. <laughs> he balks before he growls at me. The reverberating noise makes my hair stand on end and my fingers flex. Why would you say that? I'm not beautiful. Luca just let out a little sigh of their own. You can't see it, but I did. And I watched a little piece of their soul exit their mouth and fly up into the air into heaven. Um, do you know how many times they say the word growl in this book? A lot. 19 times. Everyone's always growling and huffing and puffing in this book. Okay, so they, so they growl 19 times. They huff 30 times. Holy shit. They don't puff. They don't, they don't puff. puff? Okay. They do huff. Did they blow the house down? They, I wish. Okay, so they use, they definitely use mate a few, like, at least ten times, and faded, like, nine. Mm. I don't, I think, you know how when we first started the podcast, we did, like, um, a little bit about us, and we did, like, our least favorite tropes? Yeah. I think I'm changing mine from, uh, like, insta-love to faded mates. I hate this. I do hate this. I hate this. I am a bitch who loves a good soulmate AU for a fanfic, because it's, like, silly and dumb. But this is a published work of fiction, and so I feel some type of way about it. You know how in other episodes I've said, like, there's writing that feels like fanfiction? Yes, but not in this the- writing yes. felt like fanfiction. This fiction. felt like somebody's first fanfiction that got public, like that they put on AO, like not even AO3. This feels like somebody's first fanfiction they put on like FF. This feels like fanfiction of something, and I don't know what that thing is. I'm telling you. No, it's not. Can you stop? No one <laughs> likes that as much as you do. I don't like no, it. No, no, I'm saying no one likes fantasy high as much as you like i've never met another person who is like that's because you don't care i do care and i'm like the only person that i knew before i met you that has ever watched dimension 20 and i met you and i was like dimension 20 stands fuck luca i was like my faded mate my faded mate who also knows what dimension 20 is and everyone else (laughs) even like i was in a D&D roleplay server and nobody knew about Dimension 20 except me. I kept pushing this to everyone and you were like, Dimension 20? I have every sweatshirt that they've ever put out. Like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a catch. I just want to let everyone know. I'm a catch. And I was like, Anderson, my faded mate. Yes. Anyway. But I can't my be platonic sure. faded mate. My <laughs> faded friend. Be, your faded friend. I can't be sure for the word for word translation, but I've been told it means something along the lines of Fay first, Fay forever. It's an anti witch dog whistling. It's anti witch dog whistling, and it isn't new. I was shocked and kind of appalled <laughs> by this. This is in chapter three. Are we having a fascism moment? Yes! 
we be having fascism moments in this book out the fucking well, wazoo. That was a rhetorical question. That was a rhetorical question. I, I felt like the political commentary was so ham-fisted in this book. And I was like, I get what you're trying to do. I get it. And you're you're certainly trying. Here's what would happen. Here's what would happen. Why, something will happen. So, like, say there was, like, a protest. Like, literally in the book, there was a protest. Um, an anti-witch protest happening outside the palace. And so a bunch of witches went to counter-protest. And, and like, you know, there were, they would be, like, they were waving, like, fae first, fae forever flags while the witches were, like, trying to shout back slogans to drown them out to, like, you know, all this stuff, right? And then Wyatt would be, like, oh, my God, you guys, it's just like that time in real life, in the real world, where like people would be fascist and then other people would try to not be fascist and it's like we know we know Wyatt I didn't need you to explain that to me one of the worst things in YA is when you write and you act like your younger audience does not understand real world events or what you're trying to allude to just because your audience is younger doesn't mean that they have not like lived through or can understand anything like you don't need to be like this thing that's happening in the book is just like this thing in real life like you don't need to do that that's bad writing actually actually i'm mad now i'm taking i'm taking a at moment. the end of chapter three <laughs> at the end of chapter three we are introduced to derek pierce who has been promoted to captain of the guard or like the like head guard so there's, like, three governing bodies. There's, like, the monarchy, the court. Mm-hmm. No, the monarchy, the committee, and the guards. And they're supposed to, like, act as, like... It's a, it's complicated. It's not explained well. And it's the stupidest fucking system of government I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. And so Derek arrests Wyatt. Even though Amir was like, uh, listen, since I'm the prince, I can kind of, like, do whatever I want. And, like, nobody's gonna arrest you for those murders you committed. Um, by the way, yeah, Wyatt committed murders. Um, anyway, Derek Many. arrests... No, yes, several. Yes. Three, at least, canonically. Derek arrests Wyatt and goes, by my... To Amir, goes, by my order, you're... Didn't Wyatt commit patricide? Yes, and matricide, yeah. and then homicide. And Yes, and matricide, and homicide. Yeah. Didn't All his, his mom, during, during the... Yeah, lots of sides. I feel like... Oh, I remember when that was happening and we were having the flashback to that. Wyatt's mom has like a villain monologue where she's like, I wish you were never born. (laughs) While like, instead of helping Wyatt's father, who is burning to death in front of her, and she's just like villain monologuing at Wyatt while like the dad is in the background, like, oh, oh my god. Like, that's what I was picturing happening, like, in this anyway, scene. Anyway, can I finish? Yes, can I yes, finish I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. And by my order, your mate will be put to death. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just. Just by my order, your mate will be put to death. That's those are words that were said by the villain of this piece. Why couldn't they be named by name? Yeah. Was that said to Amir? Yeah, or was by that... my order, Wyatt Croft, you will be put to was death. Was that Boom. said to Amir or said to Wyatt? That was said to Amir. Okay. So Wyatt is just Amir's mate. Yeah. 
I think that's kind well, of what. Well, yeah, that's kind of yeah. the like the point of the book. So like that makes sense. In chapter four, Wyatt is released from prison. Is kind of given like a small fine for the patricide mm-hmm. bullshit, um, and was basically just being like, "Oh, it was an accident. He couldn't control his magic." Um, surprisingly, uh, uh, enough, a lot. Can of you these- imagine killing like someone killing their father and like getting like a ticket? Yeah. That's basically what happens. Like, <laughs> That's basically what happens. It's like it's like on the ticket. It's like um the things like they have the checklist of like things. It's like it's like it's like illegal parking, uh, moving violation, patricide. <laughs> it's like shit. This is gonna cost me five hundred bucks. This I'm gonna have to plead guilty in court. Um. Anyway, I'm appealing it. You're appealing it. You're appealing the patricide charges. <laughs> appealing appealing my patricide ticket. Um. I was actually I was actually parked within the lines when I did it. <laughs> so, um, we are introduced to Clark and Jin. By the way, Briar is just here in the corner, just kind of witnessing, and is sometimes a part of this. Um, so Clark is Amir's cousin, Derek's sister. Okay. On Amir's father's side, um, and Jin is her partner and fated mate. Jin is a witch, Clark is a fae, and um they introduce Jin as a very tall non-binary lesbian. Um and this is this is the scene in which this happens. Thady? I'm absolutely sure I would never call anyone that without being prompted. Non-binary lady, they pronouns, very lesbian. I understand the sentiment behind this and yet I am still... So I was just very uncomfortable. At this point, we find out that Clark and Jin are fated mates. They're in love. Um, Jin is a part of, like, a pro-witch group. Like, a secret pro-witch group. And Clark is also a part of it. Is one of the only Fae members, if not the only Fae member. And they, um, like, do... They were organizing. Yeah, they were organizing. Basically just, like, showing support and, like, trying to... Uh, show solidarity with Wyatt because Wyatt was going to be marrying the prince and like blah 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 blah. It it was giving like underground group of like um people reading like the communist manifesto in like a little uh like basement. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it did, it did a little bit. Um, they literally had like a little clubhouse at this one lady's house. Um, it was a whole thing. Um, at one point. Jin talks, is talking to Briar, and this whole time I was like, wow, polyamory? Love that shit. Um, because I was like, because Jin and Clark are faded mates, and it seems like the three of, like, her, them and Briar have, like, a thing going on. And I was like, slay! Um, but Jin goes, fan of the sky puppies, are you? Jin asks, sweeping towards her and giving a too deep bow. And that gave me, like, millennial cringe core. Fan of the sky puppies? Talking about the dragons. Oh. Because Briar was like, dragons? And Jen was like, I work with the dragons. I work with the doggos. God. Stop it. Also, they eat the dragons, but they also are pets. The dragons are also pets. You mean you mean the, the sky puppers? <laughs> sky puppies? This chapter five happened. I don't remember. Chapter six happened. That one is titled, I wish you could be my pet. And the only thing I could think of is that one time 
I was, uh, um, that was what the manager at Cracker Barrel said to me when I got that job. Remember you telling me about that? That's literally, she was like, I'm going, yeah, she's literally said to me, I'm going to make you my pet. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> I still took the job. Oh, man, we're at a Cracker Barrel. <laughs> Uh, chapter seven, half, and chapter eight, I was like, I have no sense of scale. So all of the Fae in North America, all of them live in this small village. It's described as a village, but the palace is this massive building, mm -hmm. right? And at this point, we meet Tessa, which is Wyatt's older si like Wyatt's sister. We actually don't know if she's the older sibling or not. I don't think there is no like birth order given. Same thing with Derek, Clark, and Wade. Um, Wade is another one of Derek and Clark's siblings. They're not, there's no birth order given. Um, same thing with Tessa and Wyatt. We're just told that they are siblings. Maybe in this world, like, time is different and there's no birth order. <laughs> I was here at the beginning and you were here at my end, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so it's described as a village. Um, and... The king is supposed to be, like, this very, like, larger-than-life figure. And the the king and queen invite Wyatt and his remaining family, so him and Tessa, to dinner with him and Amir. His remaining family that he didn't fucking kill. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, the king is supposed to be, like, almost like this, like, mythical figure to the people of this world because he went through the door to fairy to try to, like, see if they can go back to live there. And it turned, like, he was like, we can't live there anymore, blah, 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 blah. Um, but Tessa talks to him like he's, like, their shitty uncle who comes to Thanksgiving. Like, like, it's just like, yeah, I don't care for your politics, Uncle Randall. Like, yeah. It's true. And, I'm, and apparently, like, a, Tessa has never been to the palace before, according to Wyatt. And so, like, is, like, starstruck, but is also, like, very nonchalant and very just kind of like, yeah, dude. Like, I say that to the king. And I'm just like, so what is the truth? What is the truth? Slay, I guess? Slay? I thought Tessa was a slay. Unfortunately, for reasons that you don't want to get into. You, you already stopped me, so I'm not- I won't continue my- Reasons that I don't want to yeah, get- Yeah, you you stopped me already on the pod. She's very Aylwin Avernant coded. Oh, alright, enough. And then, yeah. Listen, 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 listen. I love bitchy older- No, I'm always down to talk about Dimension 20. That's all well and good. I don't think that this- But don't compare it to this- Don't compare that piece of cinema to this- that's where I'm at. Listen, I don't want to either, but I'm making the parallel. <laughs> I'm making the parallel. You're like crying and screaming and shitting as you draw like the lines together. Like you're connecting the dots. You're listen, like, no, listen, I'm right. No, I'm, I'm right. connecting the dots. I'm right. And you're you just hate me for speaking the truth. I do. Yeah, I'm censoring you. You are censoring me. Chapter nine happens. I don't remember. Chapter ten. You're off your walk. You're off your walk. Fuck! I can't speak. You. Are off your rocker, soul. That's what Clark says. How old is Clark? A billion? <laughs> Who the fuck says that? Um, chapter 11. Gee Willikers, you're off your rocker. Yeah, you're off your rocker, you young whippersnapper. Chapter 11, I was like, I feel like this book was auto-generated. Like, tropes were put into an AI, and this is the thing that came out of it. Oh, God. Um... Goblins are known- the, Just- I- I feel like the off your rocker thing is fine if this book didn't also have, like, millennial memes all yes, over it. Yes, 
Agreed. You know? I key agree. It was it was a very strange like I'm gonna yeet myself out the window. Yeah. Like it was a very strange like mashup that. of like old not like old timey speak, but like very weirdly flowery formal language and then just like mm-hmm. memes. And for the most part they're to- like we're told that they're not given like the fairies have the fae have not had much access to the internet until relatively recently. Um and they don't really participate in the like real world, although they do use human currency for some reason. I have nothing to add to that. I'm very confused. <laughs> I'm just as confused as you are. Um, um Yeah, so I think I think the I think the worst quote from this book is I am one hundred percent a food bitch. <laughs> Which Wyatt says while he is eating food in order to voice the fact that he likes food. I just, I hated that. And he also says, um, what's the other thing he says? There's something about not being good at math because he's gay. Yes, I'm gay. Yeah, I'm gay, so I can't do math. Yeah, which like, I get that it's a joke, but... I'm not sure if I would want to see something like that in a YA book because it's like, I don't know, it perpetuates a stereotype. I think that that's a very, it's, it's a very small critique to a book that I have a lot of critiques with. Anyway, goblins are known to do that, trapping people on unhappy marriages by tricking them into ancient, confusing rituals. What? I was like... What is here? What is considered fey? What is going on? Like, why are there other little creatures? Because they talk about pixies. There's goblins now? Yes, there are goblins! <laughs> there weren't any goblins in the book, though. There are goblins. Who's the, who's a goblin? Nobody is a goblin. They just talk about them. And there's also pixies. Why do they talk about goblins? That's that a great fucking question. With- that is a great question. I wish and I had Why are we introducing you. goblins? Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, when you I we talked about this, but I'm gonna talk like off the mic, so we're gonna talk about it on the mic. When you read, do you see things in your brain? Like, do yes. you like visualize the things in your brain? I also do that. I mean, it's hard in this book because the dimensions that are given for the creatures and stuff like don't make any fucking sense. Yeah. So, for one of my previous book uh, clubs, the Rewind Book Club on my friend Elise's channel, we read Shatter Me. Um, which, if you don't know what that book is, the YA book by the person who's uh, married to the guy who wrote Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. I don't know. I don't of remember their, um, their first name, but their last name is Mafi, I believe. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and that book is basically like, what if Rogue from the X Men was less cool and in a love triangle with two angsty white boys? Mm, anyway, it's always it's always the love triangle with two angsty white boys. Yeah, and one um, of them is blonde, and the other one has dark hair. Exactly, exactly, exactly. You got it. It's always that. You know the book. Anyway, um, for the majority, I of the haven't book, even read it, and I know it. Yeah, for the majority of the book, I literally did not know what any of the setting looked like. So in my brain, it, it all took place in a sterile white like horror movie room. 
Like, where it's just, like, white walls, white mm-hmm. furniture, white, like, fluorescent lighting. There's no door. Mm-hmm. Like, like in a sci-fi horror shit. And then occasionally, like, something will be described and that will just, like, pop up in the in the setting. And I want right. to see that as described. And then this white horror. And that's how I feel about this book. That's all I can see. I can only imagine the characters in these sterile right rooms because I don't know what anything fucking looks like. Yeah. In my mind, even if things aren't, like, explicitly described, I will fill in the blanks in my own imagination. Like, oh, they're supposed to be in a castle right now, and I'll just, like, populate the castle with, like, different things in my head, and they'll be, like, because, like, that's just how I see it, I guess. I don't know. Um, Um... But um, what I said to you when you first said that was it's possible that the author has a background in film writing. Yes. When that happens, because in film writing, you don't have to describe everything that's going around because you just, like, pick a place to shoot. Um, You don't have to describe, like, what's around in great detail or what the characters look like or anything like that. It's very apparent when none of the characters have description because if the characters don't have description, like, he has black hair, or whatever, then it's like, okay, you might have a background in film writing because you were thinking of an actor or someone to fill this role. And that was something that um, I never thought of, but I listened to, um, are you familiar with Victoria Aviard? Yes. Yeah, she wrote uh, Red Queen, amongst yes. other stuff. Um, I listened to in, an author talk with her, and she was saying that that was something that she struggled with a lot when she first started writing um, novels because she has a background in film writing. I just thought that was an interesting thing to share. It's really interesting that she sees that as a like a struggle for her and not like, oh, I'm doing be-. like she's like, no, that's something I actually like have to like overcome as opposed to being like everything I write is actually really good. Yeah, she um, was saying like like descriptive writing. Um, like she, I think she was saying that like her main thing that she finds, like, her strength in is, like, world building mm-hmm. and, like, going very in detail with world building and, like, the narrative itself. But, like, actually being descriptive is difficult for her because of her background in film writing. And that was a challenge for her to overcome when she started writing novels. That's pretty dope. Anyway, yeah. as, the, as the story progresses, Wyatt keeps trying to get people to hate him so that way they would not want him to be on the throne and they'll install Derek as mm-hmm. the king. Anyway, so he goes to a greenhouse of rare and magical plants to go steal some drugs, like a, a, a plant that could be a drug. He mm-hmm. takes a rock, throws it at the greenhouse to break it, and it like to break some of the glass. It breaks the entire greenhouse, and then he proceeds to stomp all over the plants to get to the one that he wanted. And this is the line. Alright, maybe I shouldn't have done this. The greenhouse protects most of the rare plants in Aslan, the ones gathered by Leonis, Leonidas, the king, and his crew during their brief time in Fairy. It was never my intention to destroy anything. No matter what I might feel about the Fae, the witches use these plants in all kinds of concoctions. My heart pangs sharply. Still, there's nothing I can do about it now. What the fuck, Wyatt? Yeah. Yeah. He is so self-centered through this entire book. All he does is whine and complain 
and is self-centered, and he never has any character development at all. No, except just... for the fact that he discuss- he was like, actually, I do love Amir. Amir is kind of sexy. Yeah, like, and that he doesn't. Was only... Yeah, he's he's not like he's not like actually. I do I care about Amir as a person, and I do care about him in like in a romantic sense. It's literally just like he's hot, and we should bang. Yeah, and also there is a third act where like. Um, his best friend is like, you use me as an emotional crutch, and like, why it is like the the reaction to that is like why it gets into like a self deprecation and it's just like fuck your fuck I do do that and but it never changes yeah. like why it never changes who he is he just um, is always a shithead. Oh, so. Uh, at this point, Amir is like, bro, if you're, like, dating Briar, that's fine. That's, like, cool. A lot of people sleep with, like, even people with faded mates will, like, sleep with other people as long as they're, like, technically still with their faded... Like, that's fine. Um, Mm -hmm. And, like, Briar's like, ew. No. And Wyatt, a gay trans guy, is like, a gay man, like, is like, wow! What do you mean, Briar? You wouldn't sleep with me. It literally says, "I don't." Ex- what I don't expect is for Briar to give me a wholly disgusted look. What? There was a time when she wouldn't have been opposed to sleeping with me. I'm like a thousand percent sure this girl is ace. Like I'm pretty sure yeah, they say that. But Wyatt, of course, takes it personally because he's self-centered as fuck. Yeah. Bad main character. Bad main character. Yeah. She literally says, "Like I'm by an ace. Like I." She she might just not have be interested in sleeping with anybody, actually. Did you ever consider that, my guy? Um, chapter 12. My This is Wyatt. My stomach roils at the mere idea of doing even the barest amount of inter- introspection required to answer that question honestly. And that's Wyatt in a nutshell. Wyatt is entirely unwilling to... Yeah. Um, do any amount of internal work in order to be a person. Right. But perfectly willing to complain about his own problems. Also, for a book that uh, claims to champion characters with different body types, um, I kind of hate that Wyatt and uh, Amir are just twinks. The only different body type is um, is Briar. Is Briar. Yeah. And Jin being tall. Wasn't there a thing that you said that, like, they had a weird reveal of one character being... Yes. We're getting there. We're getting there. I have it written down. I had thoughts, feelings, and emotions about it. Chapter 13. I'm not sure you should be having private matters with 17-year-old boys, Clark says, and sings song, and I nearly choke on my own tongue. This is about Derek being like, I need to talk to Wyatt. It's a private matter. Um, And I'm like, so you know your brother is like a weird, creepy predator man. Yeah. Right? And you're you're not telling anybody about this? You're not outright saying you're a predator? Like, you're not... And no, we're, we're not nobody's making, we're not making up, like, the weird sexual tension here. Like, um, Derek is, like, very clearly, oh, guys, like... Guys, 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 everybody, everybody buckle down. Everybody buckle down. I'm getting close to the mic. Ready? Derek steps in behind me and wraps his arms around my front to grip my chin between his thumb and index finger. He turns my head until I'm looking up at him. Our, ga- our eyes locking, his fangs press against his lower lip when he parts his mouth, his gaze sharp and unyielding. 
I can smell him again. That scent manages to be both masculine and elegant. He shoves me back suddenly against the foot of the bed, his claws pressing against the underside of my jaw, a promise of pain as as of yet unfulfilled. Even as my black energy drapes over me like a shield, his blue finds the cracks like a noxious gas seeping into the sleeping into press against my skin. It sends a chill over me, goosebumps rising down my neck, spreading over my arms. This this man is like twenty-seven Ooh. at least. This is a seventeen-year-old boy. Did they did they give a specific age for Derek? No, but he was like a teenager when like Wyatt was like a kid. So I imagine okay. it's like a ten-year. So year he's difference. gotta be, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Don't like that. Uh, yeah, very uncomfortable. And then paired with, I'm not sure you should be having private matters with 17 year old boys, makes it sound like Derek is a predator and nobody's doing anything about it. And we're not supposed to like this guy. Yeah, we're not supposed to like villain. this guy. We're not supposed to like this guy. He is the villain. He is like the villain. But like, however, is it ever like said explicitly or even implicitly, like? I mean, I guess you could say that, like, Herbie, like, I'm not sure you're supposed to be having private matters with 17-year-old boys, um, is like, hey, this is a bad thing that you're doing. Does, I don't know, is there ever any more talk about it? That no, that was, that was a it. specifically bad thing that he did? No, that was it. Okay. Yeah. Does Wyatt ever think about that again? No. Okay. So we're just not going to examine yeah. that. And, like, Wyatt is no, like, did have a crush on Derek when he was younger. Mm -hmm. So, like, everything about this feels like an older man taking advantage of, like, a 17-year-old boy's, like, crush. And that is, like, what is revealed. But again, like, none of the adults in the area, like, actual adults, like the king and queen, are, like, noticing and doing anything about it? And his sister is just like, maybe you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> um, uh, a memory threatens to drag me down, and every time this is this is something to that effect is said very frequently. Like why it will have these like flashbacks because he's like repressed all of his time in Aslan, which sounds like Aslan from Narnia. Um, and I just imagine- Inside of Aslan from yeah, Narnia. Yeah. I just imagine Wyatt having legitimate, like, war flashbacks every time this kind of thing happens, and everyone has to sit there with him standing, reliving the memories in real time, as they're <laughs> just like, hey, Wyatt, buddy, <laughs> come on, man, you gotta get up. And he's daydreaming about Patricide. Of chapter 14, this is at the, the riot. Fae feelers sense the intentions of the witches before they can strike, using their inhuman speed to counter their attacks before they can even move. And I'm like, bro, the witches are also inhuman. Nobody here is human except for Briar, and even not really. Um, Tessa is having PTSD flashbacks to the night that her parents were burned alive in front of her. And Did you just call her Tesla? Tessa? I thought you said Tesla. Sorry, go ahead. No, Tessa, the, the sister, um, is having PTSD flashbacks to the night that her parents were brutally murdered by her brother and then her brother disappeared and she thought he was also dead. And now she is not under any illusion that her parents weren't abusive. Uh, it's just that they 
you know, watching somebody being emulated to death, two people being emulated to death is a horrific experience for anybody. Mm -hmm. And so as there's fire everywhere, she's freaking out. And Amir goes, leave her. Amir shakes his head. She'll be fine here. (laughs) Wyatt is like, I can't. And takes her away. And I was like, the most uncommon Wyatt W here. This is the like super uncommon Wyatt W. Oh my where he's God. like, actually, I'm not going to leave my sister to die in a fire. <laughs> leave her. She'll be fine here. Dying in a fire. Chapter 16. The guy, One of the angry guys from the witch. Uh, oh, so Jin and a bunch of other witches have been arrested. Wyatt has murdered his third person. Um, and the guard is blaming the witches for the riot as opposed to the actual, like, fae supremacists who started the riot, most of which were guards in out of uniform, you know, as you do, which is why the police can never catch the KKK, because mm, those outfits are sitting side by side in their closets. Um, uh, one of the angry guys says, Foolish boy! Um, this is the same guy that said, Weird flex, but okay, in an earlier chapter. So we continue with our theme of disconnect between language. At, uh, at one point, Tessa is helping Wyatt and his friends break the witches out of jail by framing her boyfriend friend thing, Wade, Clark, and Derek's brother, um, by knocking him unconscious with a rock, which dangerous and then sealing his keys and he says absolutely ridiculous this timeline is completely fucked i hate it here um and i'm just like you can't tamzamir this author tried to tamzam stop trying to tamzamir chapter 17 happened chapter yeah yeah tried to tam tamzam way too close to the fucking sun chapter 18 is it's titled it's fuck fey hours in which it's revealed that wyatt Prior to the riot starting, filmed a video of him being like, it's fuck Fay hours, fuck the Fay. I hate the Fay. I'm a witch, fuck them. And then posting it on the internet. I remember that part. Which I, I was so confused by. So they don't really have access to the internet except when they do, but they also have their own private internet. And so he posted the video there. And I'm like, when did he have the fucking time to do this? It makes no sense. And it also is just like, in order for this reveal to work that he made this video, um, you, you basically the uh, like yeah, Wyatt is an unreliable narrator, but like the author had to basically just like lie to us as readers to make it like oh to make this reveal happen mm-hmm. because it was never said that that's what he was doing that he was making a video. It just kind of happens, um, and this is a part of the plot to try to make everybody hate him. So all the kingdoms are like, bro, this shit sucks ass. We hate him. And the queens of South, the South American Fae are like, we're going to go to fucking war. And Amir is like, Wyatt, we have to go down there and like, you need to grovel. You need to grovel in front of them and beg so we don't go to war with them. Uh, And they're like, fine. And they- Like, Wyatt is literally- starting international conflict because of how whiny and annoying he is also you should know that wyatt loves chicken nuggets well because he's a hundred percent absolutely a food bitch yeah um 
and Amir did not take him to a drive-thru on the way to the airport so they can go to South America. They don't say where in South America. It's just South America. Um, we're not. And drive-thrus take like three minutes. We've wasted three minutes. We could have wasted three minutes getting my chicken nuggets. And I'm like, for a guy who has drastically increased the number of anti-witch hate crimes in his village alone and on his way to start a fucking war, he seems entirely unbothered. Fine. He doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. And Amir is like, we have chicken, we have dragon nuggets at home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, that reminds me. There are these creatures called paratin, which are basically just uh, antlered deer with wings. And paratin are basically white-tailed deer with huge hawk-like wings. They're about 50 flock members and Azalin, bucks and does and fawns spread across the field in front of us. Earlier in the book, why it is like there's a pastry that's filled with this meat that's filled with paratin meat. There's only 50 of them? There's only 50 of them? Are they an endangered species? Are they an invasive species? I'm very confused. This is, this is the, the equivalent of being like, of like eating polar bear nuggets. <laughs> When he's there in first class, like, would you like to try a? Would you like to try a, um, a black rhino hand pie? I would. They're endangered, Andy. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I'm not gonna go out of my way to eat them. I, I, but like, let's go poach. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Don't put words in my mouth i'm not advocating for poaching. for poaching i'm not advocating for poaching i poaching would we, we all shut up we already know i would eat a penguin if given the chance like we talked about this luca why are you shocked it's fucked up maybe you shouldn't do that <laughs> I, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna i would but i'm not gonna God. every vegetarian Watching this, listening to this podcast is disgusted with you and your actions. Anyway, he's putting in an order in first class. Her smile never waiters at, wavers as she takes my menu from me and shuffles to the kitchen to put my order in. That's not how planes work. <laughs> That's not how. Yeah. Yeah. Um, chapter 19, they meet, they're getting ready to meet the queens. The queen. The kitchen? Do you the mean microwave? do you mean like the t the tiny little counter and microwave where they like and the cupboard where they keep the little packs of peanuts? Yeah. Um, chapter nineteen. We I mean, there are some planes that serve. They, meals. Yeah, but they heat them up. They're just like normal, like ready to heat meals. They're not like full. Mm -hmm. It's right, not like a kitchen. Right. Yeah, there's not like a chef on, yeah. the, on the frying plate. up your fries. It's just, <laughs> you're lucky if they got like an air fryer in there, maybe. Um. Chapter 19, we meet the two queens, uh, Paloma and Maritza. And they, like, have them wait for a long time to see them. And Wyatt's like, do you think this is their payback, forcing me to wilt away here? Bitch, it's been ten minutes. They're probably busy. They're queens. Like, they're literally... He would have had to wait the same amount of time in the drive-thru. Yeah. After sitting down to eat and begging the queens to please not murder any of us just because I'm a gay little worm who makes terrible life decisions, I've determined two things. And I've determined two things after reading this. I hate this book, and I hate Wyatt. Mm -hmm. um, at this point, it's revealed that Maritza and uh, Paola, um, Palma are uh, fated mates. 
And Wyatt has a whole little... Here we go again. Has a whole little... Um, what's the... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Little... Can I ask a question? Yes. Doesn't faded mate entail reproduction? That's what this whole book is about, essentially. So how are they faded mates? So at the end of the book, Wyatt is like, oh my gosh, maybe there's more to faded mates than just procreation than I thought. Like maybe we were all wrong about it. Like maybe it's not just procreation. Maybe it is like love and shit. Anyway, so um, it turns out that Palma and Maritza are faded mates. And Wyatt is like, wow, 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 guys, guys, you can't be serious. Two cis lesbians, two cis lesbians, two cis women being faded mates. You guys can't make a fucking baby. That's fucking insane. Are you, are you shitting my dick right now? You shitting my dick? And by doing all of that, the author just outed Jin as an AMAB non-binary lesbian, which slay, in my opinion, major slay. Slay. But also, I didn't need to know that. Weirdly, weird preoccupation with genitals and, like, trans people and what their genitals are and the readers having to know that. Yeah, so, like... Don't, Don't love that. It also gives the whole, like... I'm saying this as a trans guy. It gives the whole, like, we can tell vibe. Because, like, when he met Jin and Clark, two lesbians who were faded mates, was just like, Sly. Mm-hmm. Sly queen. Like, like, just like, that's really cool. Made no comment as to their ability to procreate. And then sees two mm-hmm. presumably cis women. And is just like, stop the train, guys! What if you doesn't have a dick? And it made me very uncomfortable to read. It made that made me insanely uncomfortable because I'm just like, mm. also, you know, weirdest don't... display of heteronormativity, yeah, ever, yeah, yeah, most convoluted display of heteronormativity ever. <laughs> yeah, it does. It feels like heter like heterosexuality with. Both more and fewer cis normativity. Um, I I don't even know what's yeah, going on. I don't even know, but it it just it just made me feel super uncomfortable that like that that was even remarked upon. I it just it just made me so viscerally angry. Um, chapter two twenty shit. Chapter twenty. Um, the the room that they're forced to stay in while they stay here for less than twenty four hours only has. It only has one bed, you guys, so how are they going to sleep, especially because Amir has wings, and that's got to be uncomfortable, right? Well, obviously they make out very hard, and Amir says, and I quote, I'm not going to lay a hand on you unless you want me to. The bare fucking minimum. That is the bare fucking minimum. That is the bare minimum. That is literally the bare minimum. Like, consent is normal, actually. And this book- I'm so tired. Yeah. This book feels- I hate to say it! I hate to say it! I hate to say it! And you're- I know you're like, I'm- you're not connecting the dots. This book feels like, Mom, I want to read Akatar. Honey, we have Akatar at home. <laughs> but it's gay! It feels like the worst- The Akatar we have at the home. The Akatar we have at home. 
Um, it feels like, what if I took all the worst tropes and made it gay? Because we have faded mates. Okay, we have weird enemies to lovers? Question mark? We have, um, like, royalty. They're fae. Um, they're gay. One bed. Like, it just feels bad. Um, and I don't like it. Chapter 21 happened. Chapter 22, Tessa become, goes from being a minor antagonist and vaguely a minor antagonist, just being like, why it's a murderer, to suddenly being the most supportive, like, sister ever, like, waving her little flag. Uh, and I'm just like, that felt rushed. That didn't happen out of nowhere. Um, chapter 23 we find out that Briar is actually kind of magic. So you know how, like, the Fae sometimes have witch babies? Well, they sometimes abandon those witch babies in the human realm to die of exposure. Um, And sometimes those babies don't die and are actually adopted into human families. And that raises a lot of questions that I have. Oh, yeah, didn't we know that Briar was adopted? No, no, Briar's not adopted. It was, like, her great-great-great-great-grandma was it was it was like somewhere down the line and like on mom's side of the family there was a family member who was adopted and then like such and such so she has like a little bit of magic as a treat yeah as a little treat uh and that so her they're called changelings not how changelings work i just want to point that out in real life in real life there aren't changelings in real life. In 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 real historical like folklore, not actually. Wait, what do you know that I don't? <laughs> I hate to tell you this, but the men in the hills—they're real. I've seen them. I've stepped in. I've stepped in in uh, fairy circles, and I've tasted the wine. I've played the flute, and I danced with them. I saw. I saw. I saw Anderson Proctor dancing with the devil. <laughs> I saw Goody Anderson dancing with the devil. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So, turns out Briar actually knew all about this from her family and, like, has a connection to the Fae herself and blah, 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 blah. And Wyatt is like, wow! Wow! Why didn't you tell me? And I'm like, bitch, don't you have a vested interest in keeping your heritage secret when you're in the human world, too? Didn't she just find out, also? No, she didn't just find out. Oh, But she was, like, on a seat. She was, like, on a mission. Chapter 24. And, of course, Wyatt didn't know this or think to ask Mm -hmm. earlier. Because Wyatt doesn't give a fuck about Briar and just assumes everything that she's thinking. Um, chapter 24, they're gonna fuck, but they don't. Um, I don't anticipate the way the horns darken and curl in my hands. He's grabbing Amir's horns. Again, with the horns, Making like... movements! Do they move? I'm confused. I, I guess at this point we could say it's canon that Amir's horns are, like, movable appendages? I hate that. Or maybe they move, like, unintentionally, like a tail? Like, it's just like a, um... Well, now I have to do a quick search. The Witch King. And you look at these covers, and look at them back to back. So the Witch King, the horns curl forward, and the Fae Keeper, the second book for the cover, the horns curl forward. So no, they don't appear to be movable. I think that the author is just bad at writing. Maybe they move um, unintentionally, though, like a tail does. Like, and it's only the tips. Just the tips. It's not important. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so they're about to have sex, like, and we find out that actually Wyatt's not a virgin. He's been fucking guys 
for a while. Um, and he goes, and Amir goes, uh, I, um, well, I don't have any protective tonic. <laughs> a witch concoction, old fae birth control, or a condom. Dude, um, I completely why- blocked this out. <laughs> like, I, I blocked this out of my mind. Keep going. Well, they don't have sex, because, because... Amir's like, bro, I am a virgin because ever since I saw you, I knew you were the one and I couldn't do it with other people. And why it's like, ha, pussy. And Amir's like, oh, he doesn't actually say that. But that's what it feels like. Even though why it's like, bro, I have a condom. Everything's good. And I'm just like, I hate the optics of this. Um, chapter 25. Amir dies. I don't even know what to say to all that. Amir dies. Amir is McFucking murdered. And then Wyatt brings him back to life with his limitless witch magic. And he says, through It's tears, appropriate to say McFucking murdered because I think this book does say McFucking at some point. All right. Um, I brush my fingertips against the base of one horn. You died. And it was a real dick move, I gotta tell you. Talk about hit it and quit it. Also, it turns out that Clark was evil the whole time, actually, and was a face supremacist. She is still faded mates with Jin. Um, that is a real thing and was unexpected. Um, but she was actually evil the whole time. Okay. Yeah. I remember that being a big reveal. Yeah. But being like, okay. Yeah, that's how I felt. I was like, oh, cool, I guess. It. It was unexpected, but not in, like, a what a twist way. Yeah. Da, 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 da. At one point, they meet, uh, chapter 26, they arrest Derek and Clark, everyone's, all the witches who were taken, who left because they were falsely accused of starting the riot were able to come back. Uh, Tessa is put in charge of the guard, and she has a, a fun little... Um, like, actually, I think the police shouldn't exist moment. And I'm like, slay, but also, come on. Um, I remember in the back end of this book, the author just, like, slammed in as many, like, social justice, um, talking points as possible. If I remember correctly. Am I wrong about that? No, you're correct. Okay. The king and queen of the Eurasian, uh, fey kingdom... Wyatt describes as she is one of the most unique looking people I've ever seen. Which are words I did not need to hear. And then says that must be mating season, I mumble as I watch the family of four walk past Kat, uh, Kadri and Leonidas um, into the palace, which is about uh, two men and their two children. Which felt gross. What? Yes. What? Why it says must be yeah. What? Wh- why are you saying what? Why am I saying what? Why it's yeah. Why it sees the two kings of Oceana with their two children and goes <laughs> must be mating season again. A weird like. What is that supposed to mean in that context? Because evidently, if they were if they had were their children walking again, I don't like the optics of this. Their children, I think, were in, like, in carriers. Okay, so they, they just had children. They either just had babies or, like, they had them within, like, the last okay. year. Okay, okay. I thought these were, like, grown children. He was, like, must be mating season. And it's, like, the kids are, like, five. He was, like, no, it was mating <laughs> season maybe five years ago. <laughs> but also, again, 
weird optics for seeing two men and be and see their two children and be like, "Y'all be fucking." It's this book is so because at this point obsessed with because mating. At, <laughs> this book is obsessed with mating. Like, there's no other way to say it. It is. It is. It is. It is. The beginning of the book is talking about how, like, Wyatt is like, I don't want to be pregnant. I don't want to be, like, forced to have children. And I'm like, please stop. Please. Um, also, wait. Can we, can we um, return to the most unique person he's ever seen? Yes. Was there more context yes. given for that? That was the queen from Eurasia. So, but interesting why so unique um ba, 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 ba. her wings are strange thin strips of what look like scales sliding down her back but it's her horns that are the most unusual thing about party they start at her temples and wind down instead of up like most horns do they slope down to meet the front of her nose the tips of each horn almost touching each other just above her upping upper lip she's the most unique looking she's one of the most unique looking people i've ever seen uh, she's wearing a headscarf, by the way, uh, and is described as having golden skin, and she's also pregnant. Oh, God. Um, chapter 28, chapter 27 happened, chapter 28. I think people say that when they mean one person prefers Italian and the other person would rather eat sushi. Not one person tried to coerce someone into an unwanted marriage, and the other planned to help their arch nemesis steal their crown. At this point, it's like, what else can I say? That's also how I felt about the most, most unique person description. Like, what else can I say? I feel that. I stare at them for a long time. I don't ask if they think Clark is a bad person for what she did. <laughs> Just like, what do you want me to say about this? I stare at them for a long moment. I don't ask if they think Clark is a bad person for what she did. I'm worried I might not like the answer. Stockholm Syndrome is, is a hell of a drug. It's not what Stockholm Syndrome is. Yeah, it is, Wyatt. <laughs> yeah, it is. But it's also not what Remember how is? in the beginning of this book you didn't want to get pregnant or have anything to do with Amir and now you're in love with him? Yeah. Do you want to be reflective <laughs> a little bit? Probably not, because you said that, like, it makes you sick yeah. to be reflective. You don't want to do any introspection. Yeah. If our power comes from emotion, wouldn't that mean it's infinite? A beat passes, heavy in the air between us. Wouldn't that make us stronger than them? And then Jin goes, why do you think they hate us so much? Okay. And then this is the last thing that I had to save because I was like, I, this, it was the, uh, it was the worst thing I could possibly read. At the beginning of every day, Wyatt pulls tarot cards to like, yes, yes, yes. And I'm, I'm just like, are tarot cards a human thing or a witch thing? I'm very confused. Um, and I think it's yeah, a witch thing. All of this weighing down on me. All that is weighing down on me when I flip the card over. I can't help but smirk. The Fool. That's also the title of this chapter, so in case there was any narrative tension as to what the card could be, it was already spoiled with the mm -hmm. chapter title. Um, then, uh, Wyatt is like... I feel like, you know what, I'm not understanding what's going on, and it would really help me if there was a footnote explaining what a metaphor is. 
Um, anyway, at the end of the book, uh, literally, this is, this is, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read this. I'm gonna read this. I grin, flashing fangs. Are you ready for a fight, your highness? Please just kiss me. I was hoping you'd say that. His mouth is warm and familiar, sugar and smoke and the quiet threat of fangs. And how did I ever think it can kiss him once and never again? All around us, threads of black and gold intertwine entwine filling the bedroom with light and darkness in equal measure it feels like a resurrection what wait 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 a minute where are the it's golden their magic dark because he can see their magic from. remember he can see their auras remember oh yeah. right right it right, feels right. like a resurrection okay oh i groan pulling back just a fraction our lips still dusting together one more thing briar is part witch and she opened the door to fairy what and that's how the book ends That's the book ends. And um by the way, there's gonna be a sequel. The yeah. end. Oh Lord. You think Briar's gonna be the antagonist in the next book? I hope so. Do you think that's what's coming? I hope. Because it would I don't. Oh, well, I would like to see her beat the shit out of Yeah, Wyatt. me too. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I said, I can see where there was a good book hidden behind this book. This author had lots of good ideas yes. and then was like, I'm going Squander. to. I'm going to season this with a whole lot of faded mates. And it was like, it's like when you eat a dish that's way too salty and then all you can taste is the salt, but it could have been good. Yeah. That was me with the faded mates with this book. I think that... I believe this is a debut. This was the author's debut. Mm, I don't think so. Let me see. Hold on. Um, why do I feel like this isn't, but, I f but it may be adult books what that might that could explain oh they it's a um it's a compilation oh. it's a compilation i was like well that could explain some things unfortunately came out in 2023 so that's not the first one they have a middle grade book called the flicker that's coming out in 2024 um he has a couple of ya yeah i think this is a um this does feel like a rush debut. I do think that the author This was a debut, yes. This feels like the author had a lot of good ideas and had a lot of yes men saying yes and not enough people saying no. Um I think a there were, again, a, there was a lot of good ideas and I could see the book that this could have been behind the book it was and I desperately was reaching for it and it I kept getting cut off. I kept getting stopped. And I wish that this book was better because, I, like I said, this was something that I was anticipating reading. It was something that I was going, I had on my TBR for a while and had been meaning to read. And I was, like, very excited to read. And when you were like, I hated this book, I was like, well, Luca has bad opinions about Legendborn. So maybe Luca just has bad opinions. No, I don't. I liked Legendborn. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> 
<laughs> slandering me. Slant. You had bad opinions about a book I liked, and I was like, oh, maybe. Was it Legend? I just didn't like it as much as you. That doesn't make it a Yeah, okay, yeah. So you had bad opinions about Legend War. I think this should be everybody's favorite book of all time, and you guys are all cowards. Um, I thought it was good. I want to read the sequel, but I felt like the first book was a lot of, like, info dumping. Anyway, or lore yeah. dumping, rather. See, see, bad opinions about Legendborn. Um, oh my god. <laughs> anyway, so you Can had to read what I just put in the chat. I just want to see what your reaction is going to be in real time. Okay. To okay, I'll this spring... is this is something I found on H. E. Edgman's um website. Oh lord, out spring twenty twenty four to read if you're into reclaiming queer monstrousness. Me retelling the Great Flood. As a T for T abortion apocalypse story. You know, for the most part, I am like, people should be able to write whatever. And I, nine times out of ten, I see T for T. I see queer. I see monster bullshit apocalypse. I'm like, slay, give it to me. I want it in me right now. Um, and then I read all that together and I was like, actually, keep it away from me. For all, actually, you know what? For all I know is that the author. What does it even mean? A T for T abortion apocalypse story? I I'm assuming. What does that mean? I'm assuming someone's pregnant. Someone's apaco pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> the apaco abortion. Um, oh. I'm hoping that the author has improved. I'm hoping that the fake keeper is better. Godly Heathens has had a lot of hype behind it, and it says to read if you're into reincarnated old gods, villain main characters, non-monogamous love triangles, trans-majority casts. I'm... Love triangles, non-monogamy love triangles is just a polycule! Yes. It's just a thruple! Just say thruple! It seems... I mean, a non-monogamous love triangle just sounds like a Toxic polycule. <laughs> See, cause is when, that not when, what that is? Yeah, because when fucking, what was it? When Iron Widow did that, they literally spelled it out for you in the book. There, It was literally like, the triangle is the strongest shape, which is why we're all kissing each other. And I was like, slay. And this one is just being weird about it. Villain main characters. This one was a villain main character. This one like. was a villain main character. I... This one says, to read if you're into witches and fae, friends to enemies to lovers, um, arranged marriage. They were never really enemies. Read if you're into arranged marriage. That's, yeah, that is like a thing that some people are into reading. I can, I can see that. I don't like it. Um, trauma, but make it self-deprecating humor. Read if you're into arranged marriage and trauma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so the whole point of arranged marriage, like, AUs and, like, books is that like there's like that forced proximity that forces them to be together all the time it's kind of like the fake dating thing mm -hmm. um and i just don't think that that was ever actually a con like a, a fact of this book it was i felt like this book was more about them trying to make wyatt not an asshole it was never about their forced proximity to each other. Um, the next one says, read if you're into navigating established relationships, found family, and realizing you don't know anything about anything. Okay. I think Wyatt looks cooler. 
Yeah, I will say the, the book, the, the, the cover for the second book is much better. Is much better than the first one. You know what? Let's, um, let's talk about... Um, what are we reading now that we are enjoying? Because this book was a lot. And I feel bad for the people, because this book is well-liked, and I feel bad for people who are coming into this thinking that we are going to love this book because we are two uh, trans people with a penchant mm-hmm. for weird books. And it turned out we actually yeah. kind of really did not like this fucking book. Mm-hmm. Um... Did we do the disclaimer again at the top? We did the, the top yeah, of the you did the disclaimer at the very, very, very top. Subjective. Okay, cool. Um, what was your question again? Can you repeat it? Uh, what are what are we reading? What are we reading this that we like? That we like? But you said something about as yeah. trans people that we were supposed. Oh, to- that we that we would like this. I feel really bad for the people who are reading who came into this podcast thinking that we were going to like this mm. book. As two trans people who like weird books, and then um, it being bad, actually. Much like a few other books have come to like normalize trans authors and trans authors telling trans stories that aren't mm-hmm. necessarily about being trans, except this book kind of is about being trans. Um, in some ways. In some ways. In a lot and- of ways. But not entirely. It's like it's more like a subplot than the actual plot, which I appreciate. Um, n- never is any aside from like one moment on screen. Do people are are people like actually transphobic to Wyatt? At one point, it's, think- it's not a. What I'm sick of, and what I think you're trying to get at, is this is not a queer coming of age. Yes. This is not a story about finding your identity as a queer person. And I think a lot of queer, queer stories, um, just in general, whether it's gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, asexual, etc., 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 are about finding your identity and coming to terms with and becoming comfortable with your identity, um, whatever that means to mm-hmm. the main character. Um, this was not necessarily about that, and I think we lack a lot of stories, um, which there's, there are more coming out of the woodwork, which is awesome, about stories about queer people in which they are just living their lives and not grappling with the fact that, like, they are queer. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I agree. I agree. Oh, Lord have mercy. So let's talk about the books that we like that we are currently reading. I recently read Cleek Cute. I read that during my vacation and I absolutely adored it. I thought it was a great time. I read that too and I loved it. I thought it was really cute. Um, the representation was awesome. Um, I, I I thought it was a very diverse cast of characters. Mm-hmm. Um, despite the two main characters both being white. But... Um, there were um, diverse side characters as well, and um, other queer side characters. There was a queer cast of characters in that book, and I liked specifically the mental health representation mm-hmm. in this book. Um, and I didn't expect to see that from it, but it was an autism uh, anxiety um, type of, or no, autism and ADHD. Um, 
the two main characters had one had autism and one had ADHD and the autism wasn't as delved into but mm-hmm. it was very implied that this character yeah, it was heavily implied towards the entire autism. thing and then it was revealed at the very end that perhaps she has autism and she um, was like seeking diagnosis possibly mm-hmm. um and i know um for the character who had ADHD there was um the narrative went into how like at first she was like, well, I don't have ADHD because I'm not X, Y, and Z. And it's like, well, there are different ways that you could have show like symptoms of ADHD and like went into all of that stuff. And I, I just think it was handled really, really well as someone who also has dealt with that sort of thing. And I, I think that it's, um, it was a great representation of adults navigating that. Yeah. I really liked that part of it. And it was just a cute story and um, well-written in general. And I thought, um, as someone who doesn't know soccer, you know soccer. Yes, I do know soccer. Um, as someone who doesn't know soccer, it was accessible to me in that way, too, where I didn't have to know about soccer to understand what was going on in the soccer scenes. And it wasn't too overly explaining. where if you did know about soccer, that it was like, like, oh, I already know all this, so why are you like info-dumping about soccer at me? Um, right. It, I felt like it struck a really good balance at that, and I do think mm-hmm. that it, the side characters were very like could have been more fleshed out, but were appropriately fleshed out for what they portrayed in the story. And it was just like a fun little romp. It didn't had to be anything aside from a soccer romance, and that's what it was. Mm-hmm. I think it was very right. successful in that, and I really liked the characters. Um, I was honestly a lot more invested in the um, relationship between the best friend character gabby and like the other captain i thought that was hear me out i think that there's a sequel spinoff there i think there is a sequel spinoff there i think that was very cute of the the, just like the line like oh our um our rookies are really something huh was very cute and i was like yeah Mm. i also like the age in this one because it was it, it showed that like even when the age gap isn't that big there's still a mm-hmm. lot that could be like experience that could be missing mm-hmm. between two people in even the same generation while still having a lot of things in common so yeah. it wasn't like a big age gap it, it was only it was, like, like six years yeah. or anything yeah it was only like like four or six years it was not that and they were both in their like in their 20s early to mid 20s yeah. Um, yeah, I like that book a lot as well. I know, I see him. Hi, Kiko. Do you have something to say for the podcast? He's purring, you can't hear it. Big boy. What are you, what have you been reading? I've also been reading another book that we will be reading for the podcast, but... No spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers. Another different thing. The way that the light is shining, it just looks like a big white uh, blob that you're holding up. I have a lot of things. Oh, wait, it's because you have the cover on it. I do have the cover on it. So it is just a censored cover. <laughs> it is a censored copy of this book. It should be um, censored. Don't say that. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm an- you're anti-censorship. I am very anti-censorship. No I, think pe- I think 30-year-old moms should be reading this book if that's what they want to read. You should read other books, too. Whatever you want to read, you should be reading it. That's my take. Um, anyway. Book that I've been reading that I've been enjoying. Um, that I did enjoy. I finished it. Um, 
I read When the Angels Left the Old Country. Ooh. And I really liked that book. Um, it was a historical fiction about um, an angel and a demon from uh, who were both uh, Polish Jews, and they immigrate or emigrate rather to America, um, and try to. You see them kind of navigating. Um, that new landscape and there's a, like a kind of a mystery involved where they have to like um go up against a uh the boss of a company who is oppressing his workers and there's like a whole like um union organizing bit of the book um but for the most part the vibes it gives is um it's it's also like I said about um the last book we read, um, How to Excavate a Heart, this book is also very unapologetically Jewish. Um, and uh, for people who are not familiar with Yiddish or Hebrew, it had um, a lot of phrases in those two languages in the book. And there was also a glossary in the back, which helped and was very, um, it was really interesting for me to learn those phrases as someone who is not part of the culture. Um, however, in the beginning of the book, seeing, um, historical, um, Poland in, like, a small town from, like, the time where I know my ancestors from Poland would have, uh, immigrated, that was interesting for me to see in a narrative, and I enjoyed seeing that. Um, this book was also very queer. Um, the, this was the first time I've seen it, it's pronouns used in a book, um, and it was done very well and not over-explained, and it just was. Slay. And there was also a, um, a lesbian character in the book. Major who, There are two, two lesbian characters in the book. Um, and it was just... It was very lighthearted while also dealing with um, difficult issues at the same time. Um, and I, I really enjoyed it, and I would recommend it. I love this. I definitely will be reading it soon. I, it that's great. one of those had, things um, I've been meaning to. It had good omens vibes to me. Like, Jewish good omens. I was talking to a friend, and they were like, you know, the Bible, the good omens fanfic. And I was like... <laughs> um, yeah, it was great. Love. Love. And I I think that will be it for today. We've talked a lot about this book that we'd really mm -hmm. wished was better, honestly. Yeah. That's the big thing. And uh, next time, I think we will be reading, and maybe Editor Anderson will come in and r correct me if I'm wrong, I think we'll be doing The right. Bone Spindle, which is a book that I've read and didn't care for, but a book that you haven't touched yet. I think um, but I think that one will be less bad. And like, um, example of you queer baiting yourself? Yeah, because you saw two women on the yes. cover of a book, and you were like... Yeah, me, I saw two women on the cover, I saw that it was tagged as queer, and I was like, yes! To me! And it turned out that they yeah. weren't gay for each other, and I was well, very upset about it. You win some, you lose some. Yeah. I view losing a lot. ACLs, <laughs> health, in general. Books about gay women. 
All right, so we will see you guys next time with that episode. Fucking send it, dude. Send it. Editor Anderson here to let y'all know that we lied. Our next episode will actually be on Lightlark by Alex Astor. And boy, y'all are in for a doozy. Send it.